This episode is sponsored by Coconut Casual, a Black-owned lifestyle brand focused on positively impacting our globe by promoting female empowerment. It's all love at Coconut Casual. And remember, if it's for us and by us, then support us. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Jamia Zarzuela, the political poet, and welcome to Poetry, Prose, and Politics. This episode, episode zero as I call it, is more a reintroduction to the podcast as well as a long trailer. Because this podcast is aimed to make news entertaining, especially to millennials in Generation Z, as well as driven to explain politics in a digestible and maybe even fun way, you'll hear a lot of that. However, this nine-part series is a bit more personal. In fact, it's called the Anxiety Series because while I've battled with anxiety for a long time and once even found it crippling, 2020 seems to affect me even more. For anyone that's dealt with a mental illness or is battling anxiety, you know that simple mundane tasks, even like getting out of bed can be hard, let alone trying to create content or running a podcast. However, with recent events, I guess you would call them, consistently bombarding us I've noticed that many of my friends who have not normally dealt with anxiety or PTSD are currently facing that as 2020 progresses. During this series, I and the guests that I bring on will get to the root of major issues, dissect the effects on our community, and discuss how we can better manage them both in a wide scale and individual way. Before Rome burned, I'd just given birth. On 226 my son met the earth. Despite my anxiety of what was happening in this society, I was filled with mirth. The room was filled with joy and coos for my baby boy. So yeah, before Rome burned, um, or at least that's what I call pre-pandemic pre-COVID and shit hitting the fan. I don't really know what to call it. I'm not sure what you call it, but that's what I say before Rome burned. Um, I actually wrote this poem when I was in the hospital with my son. Uh, He was born in February of this year, but we had to go back to the hospital again because he got sick and um, he had an infection that required us to stay in the hospital for five days. During the hospital stay, I was it was just me and him because his dad is off in the army um, and understandably uh, due to uh, the hospital's regulations uh, for COVID, uh, I couldn't have anybody else in there with me except for um, since I was his parent, except so it was just me. And to release my frustration for what was happening 
during the time that I was in the hospital, you know, I just watched the nation burn. I saw people that looked like me, my friends, my loved ones, my cousins, my sisters, my brothers go um, protest um, in a way uh, that not everybody would say it was right. Well, many people wouldn't say it was right. But I, I guess then it poses this question of, well, you know, I tried to protest and it's a silent protest. I wear this shirt that says I can't breathe because Eric Garner couldn't breathe. I kneel on a football field simply out of respect for the people that has fallen. Um, or, you know, I try to peacefully protest, do a simple march. I say Black Lives Matter and not meaning that no one else's life matters. I'm just saying that my life being a Black person matters because not everybody believes so. And none of these things are working. Matter of fact, not only are they not working, but I'm getting criticized for that. And now I'm angry because it's another person, another innocent man, another innocent woman, another innocent Tamir Rice that was only a child or, you know, it it's so frustrating. So while many people wouldn't say that it was the right thing to do to just go burn down the precinct, um... I understand being a black person, how that has happened. Um, and it's very dangerous, of course, when you have a group of people who have been suffering for centuries and hasn't and haven't still been able to live comfortably simply because of their skin color. I guess that's why I created uh, Poetry, Prose, and Politics. To be honest, um, I'm an artist at heart. I write poetry, I do photography and videography. I play the bass guitar and I used to play the saxophone. I'm not too good at it anymore. Actually, I suck, I'm not even gonna lie. I suck at the the um, the saxophone and you're supposed to blow. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a brass joke if you didn't get it. Um, I play the bass guitar and I play the piano. Um, I do a lot of things. I do a lot of creative things. Um, but politics is my major. Political science is what I chose. Um, and right now I'm in this experimental or phase or like I'm trying to figure it out right now because I don't necessarily know if I want to do what I'm doing currently, which is be a political commentator. Um, maybe be a voice of black people that also uh, is able to translate what our senator, our governor, our president is saying to everyday folk. You know, you're talking about politician talk and politician jargon is a lot different from everyday conversation. And a lot of people get mixed up and don't really understand because for one, we have an educational system that we have to work on. Uh, but for two, it's the disconnect because majority of the people that are in half power um, are provided in America or have access to an America that the people um, in regular, normal America don't. <laughs> like, my, I grew up... Um, 
with a dad. Well, I didn't really grow up with him. Actually, he was in prison, but I grew up in a in a small town where a lot of my family, um, I feel like all of my family, um, they're well-educated, but there are people in this country that wouldn't think so simply because their vocabulary isn't uh, as expanded or they don't use lofty diction, et cetera, et cetera. So there's this, do I want to be a translator for the people that uh, want to participate and need to participate uh, in our political world to ensure that our nation looks like uh, what they need it to look like in order for them to survive. Then there's also this possibility of me saying, hey, I can study law. I should be a lawyer, um, which I am studying law, but I'm not sure if I necessarily want to be a lawyer and defend um, a, a person just yet because law school is a lot and the bar exam is really hard. <laughs> um, and then over that, I could practice law for five years and then try to become a judge because to be honest, I don't think that it's fair that somebody that doesn't come from my neighborhood and understand who I am uh, understand these group of people that were forced into a way of life that not many people would understand, uh, you know, selling drugs um, or petty crime simply because that's their way of eating. Uh, and since they're so disconnected from that, they give them a very harsh sentence when it, in reality, they're just a little boy trying to feed their family or trying to live a better life for themselves. Um, then there's the fact that I could change the law, write the policy, um, because that same little boy that did this petty crime doesn't really deserve to, or at least I don't feel like they do, uh, deserve to go to prison because they grew up in already a tough circum. They already had a tough life, grew up in tough circumstances, had things that happened to them. Now they're in prison, even worse than where they came from. And now this person is released from prison and is going to be re-institutionalized re because they are, uh, they are worse off than when they you know, went into the system simply because they had to survive in prison. Prison is harsh. As my dad, my biological dad, at least has told me, and I'm pretty sure you can imagine, regardless if you know anyone who's uh, been institutionalized or that, um, you know, has had to experience incarceration. So, you know, I suppose we could suffice it to say that Poetry, Prose, and Politics, this podcast, really is just maybe a juxtaposition, yeah, but it's a combination of my love for art and need and passion for politics and being the change that I want to see. Um, like I said, many people think that it's really weird that I'm trying to combine the two. They say that it's a juxtaposition, but I've always felt like art and maybe politics, this abstract idea of art and this boring construct of 
our society has always gone hand in hand, if you really think about it, since the beginning of time. I suppose the latest um, um, example of, you know, this would probably be in Straight Outta Compton. Ice Cube's character is quoted saying something like, um, I think he said that his art is just a reflection of his reality. Or, or something of the sort and my favorite uh poet nina simone has said that she feels like a artist as far as she's concerned at least and an artist's responsibility is to reflect the times and that's all i really want to do is reflect the times it's not really interesting for most people politics i mean it's it's not really interesting for most people um, but then how do we get them to join in to a conversation considering the fact that they are the ones that make up this democracy? And that's what I want to do. I mean, I understand that this first episode isn't all that fun or interesting simply because it's a monologue and I, I haven't made not one joke except for that bad brass joke that I made about me, you know, sucking at the saxophone instead of blowing. Um, but yeah i feel like with the next uh guests that i bring on um and the next couple of guests that i bring on a lot of people will find it more interesting uh at least this topic of healing through um the this climate this political climate because uh it has been quite traumatic if you think about it and having how we can navigate through this um pandemic and how we can grow past this journey of pain and suffering that black people have been experiencing um since america has kind of started um and so on and so forth I do hope to have you also join in, just a little plug in, uh, because your voice matters too. And you may say, well, how can you get into the conversation? But it's simple. All you have to go uh, and do is go to anchor.fm and send me a message. Join in on the conversations um, and let us know in the audience here what you're thinking. I'm very curious to know. Um, anyways, I've rambled up your ear and there is a slew of other, uh, things that I'm sure we all need to get into. Uh, but I thank you so much for being here and experiencing this first podcast. Um, actually it's not the first podcast. It's not my first recording. I'm gonna just be honest. I've been doing a whole bunch of episodes, but for the simple fact that, um, I want to clean up and be more consistent uh and take this a little bit more serious this will appear to you as my first ever podcast because <laughs> all the nightmarish ones that were really cringeworthy have been scrubbed from the internet um with a whole bunch of sage <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for being a part of this experience and i can't wait uh to be able to talk with you guys soon always remember speak free While you can listen to Poetry, Prose, and Politics wherever you stream your podcasts, 
be it Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm does allow you to leave me a message so that you can join in on the conversation. You can also support this podcast with small monthly donations to help sustain future episodes. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month. Just visit anchor.fm forward slash the political poet. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash T-H-A-P-O-L-I-T-I-C-A-L-P-O-E-T. Wow, that's a mouthful. And then click support. Lastly, I mean, don't forget to follow me. And you can find me on almost all social media platforms at Jamia Zarsuela. And as always, guys, speak free. Until next time, catch you later.